Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Good afternoon and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. My name is Rick Gerard. I'm your host. Today we're going to develop a founder's story. We're talking about um, kind of the first hiring pains and a unique culture that was developed in and around a baseball theme. Uh, our mission of the show is to provide solutions to the most difficult hiring challenges and to secure the best talent to ensure your company's success. Today our guest is Sean Farrell, chairman, founder, and coach of Managed Solution in San Diego. Uh, Sean founded Managed Solution in 2002. He recognized the need for consultative IT services for small to medium-sized businesses, and with little capital, he and his dedicated team grew the company organically to success. Within three years, the company was recognized as one of San Diego's 40 fastest-growing companies and awarded one of 40 of the owners under 40 and recognized as the 27th fastest-growing IT company in Southern California. So with that, I'd like to extend a, a big higher power welcome to uh, the show, Sean Farrell. Sean, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and thanks for coming in. I know that um, your time is valuable, so I uh, totally appreciate the call. Um, Absolutely. So two things I want to cover with you today. Um, you have a really unique story, which uh, when you and I talked last week, it was pretty impressive. I'd like to talk about... You know, your kind of initial growth and, and how you grew the company, and then I want to talk about your, your unique culture. So uh, sure. first first off, let's let's kind of hop into, tell our audience a, a little bit of a story about the most difficult hiring challenge you had when you first started building your company. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, the as probably entrepreneurs and, I guess, new business owners know, I mean, you know, there's sort of three things you always have to deal with in starting a new business. You know, it's people, process, partnerships. And, uh, you know, the biggest challenge for us originally was obviously hiring people. Um, and some of that came along with, you know, just the financial needs in the company uh, sure. or, or means that the company had at the time. As you can imagine, you know, most companies start out small. There's an entrepreneurial spirit that sits behind that with a great vision. And oftentimes the, the CEO or the new leader in the company is out there, you know, doing most of the work, you know, his or herself. So when we first started, you know, back got 15 years ago was now one of the things that, you know, I was out there doing was didn't really have a hiring recruitment process, didn't have a lot of the tools that are, you know, nowadays all electronic, um, hadn't read enough books, you could say, about, you know, the best way to go out and find what they call the A players. So you and were so winging it us, like most people do, right? We were at the time. <laughs> um, all right. You hired, you hired who you liked, who at the time you thought was going to fit well with you and personality styles, but... The reality was, you know, when you talk about mistakes I originally made, um, I'd say some of the biggest ones were just, you know, I hired a lot of friends and, you know, even some family members. Not that, you know, the family was a mistake nor were the friends, just it was one what I could afford and, you know, they were somebody who I trusted. But, you know, along the way, you know, a lot of those personal relationships got involved and, you know, you had to explain to them that, you know, it's, it's always business, not pleasure. And, you know, friendship has to be put to the side when, you know, we get going here. And so oftentimes when we'd have a, you know, a disagreement or there was some controversy over a decision that was being made, they had to realize, you know, this was for the good of the business. And, and sometimes that turned into um, a sticky situation. I wouldn't say it ever got confrontational. And, you know, we just found out they weren't the right fit. So, you know, those mistakes I made were 
just hiring too fast and you know the old saying you know hire slow i hate to say the word fire fast but we needed to take a step back and really investigate what it was we needed and not just go out and find the the friend of a friend or somebody who said they knew somebody who was you know really neat or cool and and make sure we were hiring the right people yeah and that's and that's something that i notice happens with a lot of entrepreneurs is that they have that need and that need overwhelms their uh, ability to reason right? Is this person, they don't ask the right questions of, is this person the right person for our company? And so, absolutely. so at what point, so you, you did the, the typical thing where you, you hired a few people. At what point did you make the constant conscious um, decision that, Hey, look, we really need to, to drill down on this and figure out who are the right people for us? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, I recommended, I was recommended a long time ago by a couple of peers. You know, there was a great book called The E-Myth um, for a lot of entrepreneurs and people new in business who haven't read it. It talks about sort of, you know, being really good at something. In this case, it's a book about a lady who actually bakes pies, and she's amazing at doing it. Yeah, and then slowly but surely, yeah, it's a great book, and, and I recommend it to anybody who's starting a business. But very quickly, you know, that person realizes, you know, I can't, I don't have much time to bake pies anymore because I have people coming into my store to buy them. At the end of the day, I got to do the accounting. And I also have to become sort of the salesperson now um, for the business. So I'm not enjoying what I did or what I do anymore. And so then you start to realize, well, what do I need to surround myself with? And that's when you start to look at, you know, building a dynamic of people that you, you know, that complement your skills and allow you to do what you're really great at. Okay. Now, do, do you mind sharing a story of kind of what, what the worst hiring decision was? Yeah, sure. Um, you don't have to mention you know, any about, names. We'll, keep, we'll call no it no. <laughs> we'll, we'll call it Person X. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'd say it was about 13 years ago, you know, what we were, you know, we had, we're in the world of IT services. So simply put, we outsource and manage a lot of people's IT for them. Sure. Um, back when, you know, we at the time had a lot of customers coming on board and we were looking for somebody to really support them from a technology or just technical perspective. Um, I looked at a great, what I thought resume, you know, where they came from some very large companies who we all are very familiar with today that have grown quite a bit. And I said, wow, their resume really reads well. I mean, they've been at these companies um, for three to five years, and they've been in the industry forever, and they have the skill sets that we were looking for in terms of the technical skill set. Well, when we hired them, we quickly found out that the, the work ethic of that person, you know, they were great at solving the day-to-day technical skills of our customers, but they weren't actually great with the customer service perspective um, of, you know, the skill set we needed, where you know, they would go in, fix something, leave, and the customer would say, well, what was the outcome? What ended up happening? And so we found ourselves in a, with a communication gap. So when we challenged the person, um, you know, they looked at us and said, you know, I'm here to fix technical stuff, not to provide customer service. And what I quickly realized in our business was, you know, that's what we are. We, we, there's two walks of life in the world of business. There's product, there's services. We were a services company. So yeah. the 50%, which this person was missing, was their ability to, really work with the customer and communicate back and forth as to what was being done and really help them better understand how to leverage the technology and, you know, walk out of the place with a, with a good reputation. And, and it actually caused some frustration amongst a, a bunch of our new clients. Oh, I'm sure. Now, I, I, I totally get where you're coming from on that one. Was there any evidence in the interview process that would suggest otherwise that maybe you guys missed? Yeah, you know, in our world, and I'm sure in a lot of people's world, you know, they, they forget to spend time really dissecting before they actually put a posting online, you know, on these different job sites, 
you know, what it is they're specifically looking for. I mean, really looking at themselves as a person, say the entrepreneur, and saying, what do I need to complement my skill set? What can I handle? What do I need that I don't do well? Mm-hmm. In addition to, um, you know, what is the, you know, what is the core focus of what it is I'm looking for? So back then, you know, we were, it was all about technical skill sets. So we put out, we didn't, we didn't ask for the things in the resume or in the job description that asked for things like great attention to customer sat or, you know, able to, you know, been in, in you know, different spe- places where they've done different types of communications training. We didn't, we didn't look for those type of things when we put together the job description. And so when I look back and, you know, why I made that mistake, I look back at just, you know, doing better preparation and just building out the sure. right job role or we call it nowadays job objective that we wanted this person to accomplish. It was so important. And now bring it, you know, current day, we spend almost a week going back and forth with what the real objective of the job is to make sure we identify the right candidate. Absolutely. Hey, those growing pains are, are, are essential, right? In growing that. Now, was your culture that, and which we'll talk about in the second half program, was that actually established at this point or was it something you guys brought in a little bit later? No, and for any entrepreneur, I wouldn't feel bad if you if you tell me you're uh, you know chasing your tail at all times or <laughs> yeah. sort of a bull in a china shop. I mean, sure. you know, our job as entrepreneurs is to you know both drive the business vision forward and also to be what I call the the producer, the high P, meaning get out there in front of the potential customer and be the visionary for them and help them understand what it is you deliver. And so, taking time to go out and you know recruit and find the next set of people is never easy to do yeah any hires that you had that surprised you in the beginning i mean maybe they have a funny story to them or they were kind of yeah. like, wow i can't believe we got this guy yeah so um actually i mean it was an interesting one we, she's still with me today she's been with me for about 14 years it was funny and you know i'm sure a lot of us have heard the you know find the right seat on the bus for a person and coach a person up or coach them out those are a lot of great terms i think people use in the industry as they're trying to manage great people in their organization or as i would say lead mm-hmm. um we hired a gal who um actually came from a, a organic biochemistry background she you know graduated from school and somehow, some way, she said, you know, I really want to get into sales um, and, and do it in the technology industry. So I, you know, actually brought her down from Oregon State, and she came into California and said, you know, I really want to do technology sales. We quickly realized, I think it was about a couple months into the job, she said to me one day, salespeople don't have to actually call people, right, and get meetings and all that. <laughs> Can't they just email and people will, oh, will just gosh. set up a meeting? And I said, unfortunately, that's just... You know, that's just part of the world of sales. So what we found is I looked, again, back to I had to look at what I was good at and what other people around me needed to look like. I found that she actually enjoyed some of the financial stuff that went on within the company. So she also enjoyed some of the procurement of new computers and PCs. So we brought her in to start doing that, and, you know, we trained her up. And, you know, she actually ended up becoming our director of procurement and and operations for, God, eight or nine years during the, the first, you know, 10 of the company. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So we're talking to Sean Farrell, chairman and founder of Managed Solution in San Diego. We've been talking about kind of the first growing steps of building your company. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a really unique culture that, uh, that you've put into place. We'll be right back. You're listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard giving you access to recruiting techniques that will help you hire key talent to build your company towards real success. 
Rick is a recruiting executive and entrepreneur who's been successfully recruiting in the aggressive Silicon Valley technology landscape for the past two decades. After a very successful stint at Apogee, he founded Stride Search in 2012. Based on a lean efficiency model, Stride has uniquely positioned itself as a leader in retained search for the most critical talent hires within a small organization. Whether you're a startup executive or recruiting professional, by listening to Hire Power with Rick Gerard, you will walk away with skills to help you attract and hire great talent. Now back to Hire Power with Rick Gerard. And welcome back to the Hire Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and we're talking to Sean Farrell, chairman, founder, coach of Managed Solution. Uh, you guys actually cover, I'm sorry, before the break I, I said San Diego, but you guys cover most of uh, Southern California, correct? Yeah, we have locations in Southern California, and then we have customers all over the globe. Oh, excellent. All right, so now that we've kind of learned, and th- by the way, thank you for sharing some of the mistakes. Hopefully some people in our community can learn from them and not repeat the same mistakes. But, you know, the hiring friends one, unfortunately, most of us will probably do that over and over again, I would imagine. I, I want to talk a little bit about your unique culture that you've built at-, at Managed Solutions. Tell us a little bit about that and how that came about. Yeah, sure. You know, there's a lot of good peer advice out there and people you talk to and, you know, how to run a business as you're a you know, young entrepreneur or business owner. And, and the one thing I would say is that books are invaluable, and there's been a lot of great books published over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, even with, you know, sort of, I would say, the new evolution of business, because business has changed quite a bit. Sure. Um, you know, books like Good to Great, or there's a great book called Growth Mindset that was written by a gal named Carol Dweck that's just, just was, you know, re-talked about by Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft. But, um, you know, what we all will find out at some time or another is that culture trumps all in, in business. It is the foundation that allows us to sort of build the house on top of, you know, whatever it is, you know, we're working on the side of the business. So one of the things that I realized a long time ago was that, um, you know, I used to have employees tell me, Sean, you know, when you're not in the office, it's a different place. And, and, I, and it kind of came to me that, you know, you are your brand. I mean, you represent not only the people who buy from you, your customers, but you also run, represent the people within. And they get behind, you know, the way in which you show up at work every day, present yourself, all of those good things. So one of the things that is always challenging with culture and um, is trying to understand, you know, what works for you. And, you know, obviously everybody's got a different sort of spin on how culture comes to be. So one of the cool things that, you know, I, I came up with, I don't know, it was probably eight or nine years ago, is we really got into driving culture forward. I mean, that was the foundation of everything. We kind of got away from the traditional mission, vision, you know, that kind of stuff. And what I said was, is, you know, I want to kind of play this, this culture. I'm going to build it like we're a sports team. And so, you know, you didn't have to like any specific type of sport, but we built it like it was a baseball team. So we took myself, and I considered myself a coach to the team, explained to them that I can only help drive forward whatever the plays are going to be in the next game we play and then you guys as my players are going to be the ones making our fans the customers really excited about you know what it is we're doing and providing that great level those high levels of customer support now what made you choose baseball by the way well i i did you know i had a little stint there in college like many of the streamers i i wanted to get out there and maybe play one day but anyway for what it is didn't make that and i ended up in the technology world believe it or not so you landed in the right place right (laughs) <laughs> I did. It's a, it's a progressive place to be, and I've, I've loved it every day since I started. Amen. But 
we, you know, what we did was we said to ourselves, we actually in our conference room, if you ever come to our office, you'll see we have a thing that's called the Managed Solution Stadium. It's a full baseball field, a diamond that we put up on the wall. And, you know, one of the things we wanted to do was help every single one of our players, our employees, understand how they played the game. So first base, we have what we call our daily huddles or our team meetings like you would in any baseball team or a football team. Second base, you actually as a player in our company, an employee, you get a baseball card. It gets sent to you once a month with, all of your stats, if you will, your records in league, that's a lot to do with our certification process. Years in league, the longer you've worked with us, and for me, I mean, the more you should you know, participate in the rewards, the bonuses, and all that stuff in the company. And then our third base is kind of a, it's kind of like when you go to a baseball game. Are you in the nosebleed, or are you that guy who has season tickets? So the longer you're with us, the, the more you play in our, you know, with our team, the more you're entitled to 401Ks and profit shares and all that good stuff in the company. And then our home plate, we call it our did we win or did we lose every month. So there's 12 months in every year, and obviously we profit or we, you know, we have a loss. And, you know, we, we say did we win or did we lose. And, and the big thing for our company, the big thing I think every company should implement is a way to be transparent with your employees and show them what's happening in the business. Celebrate the wins, understand what the losses are, and figure out how to come together and continually drive towards that higher purpose. And so we have this whole stadium created around it. We have home run derbies. We have all types of fun events that are all correlated back to how we do day-to-day business and that that is very cool i think it's very unique i haven't seen somebody take a sports approach to it so that's that hey kudos for creativity on that one so how does the baseball theme then transfer over into your interview process sure yes so we actually take and let our players our actual employees in the different areas of the organization Um, Before we go out to any hire, we actually have changed what we even used to call, I guess, in the world, a job description. We actually have them create job objectives. So if you're in our help desk, for example, or you're one of our senior architects, we have them create the different objectives for the job based upon what they see in the day-to-day you know, um, playing field, I guess you could say, with our customers. Now, is that actually based on the work that's going to be that they need to do when they start? Or is it just what needs to be achieved on a goals perspective? It's a, it's a goals perspective. Okay. It's, um, you know, what kind of goals do we have set? I mean, how, you know, skill set wise, you know, sir, um, one of the things we have to do is we have to keep our employees highly certified. So they have to go through our what we call home run derby process. Mm-hmm. So we have a ranking system that for you to move up, and we do believe in internal growth, for you to move up through the organization and get to that next level, you need to actually um, work through our home run derby process and achieve these certifications along the way. Of course, accelerating your um, you know progression in the company, and that comes with obviously salary increases and all that good stuff. But nice. it gives them a nice roadmap to grow their career. Got it. And so now is the, is that so you've created these objectives? Now, how do you take take walk me through your interview process and how it, it might be a little how that correlates? Yep. Like we like I said at the beginning, the old hire slow, fire fast. I mean, it's definitely something where you have to create what we call a job objective and some of those different descriptions. You know, we kind of, if you guys are familiar with the movie James Bond, you know, we actually, um, or Mission Impossible, we actually ask in our job descriptions or objectives, you know, are you willing to take on this mission? And the mission is then the different descriptives about what it is we need them to do, both skill set and then more so communication. That runs through traditionally the hiring manager, and when you're small, that usually is yourself. So sure. you have to make sure that you know what it is you're you're looking to complement your skills. 
And then from there, you know, we use, depending on, you know, what type of role we're hiring for, if it's sales, there's different what we consider job boards that are more curtailed to finding great sellers. And if it's, um, you know, if it's an engineer, we might go out to the traditional Craigslist type, you know, offerings. Um, But the best way to resource employees, aside from hiring your friends and family, like we talked about in the beginning, (laughs) is to hire from within and find, you know, and create referral programs for your employees that allow them to bring in people they know who are in the field, because that's just a great PR strategy for your company, and typically they're going to bring you good people that that stay with the company for a long time. And, and, and that should be of, and that should be seventy to ninety percent of the people that you hire should come through internal referrals if you're doing things absolutely. right. Absolutely, yeah, that's, that's super every key. year. Yep. Where do you? So okay, you can measure it every year. Where do you guys sit? Yeah, so we measure um, internal recruitment every year from our own employees. You know, we're at about 80% of our employees that are being hired from someone that we know from the outside, so referral-based. And then on top of that, we also compare that against the retention rate of the employees we found from the outside and then employees that were brought in from within. And what we found is that if your people can bring you their, you know, people they know through referrals, they're also going to stay longer as well. So we have a 94% retention rate. And, um, you know, that's that's why we pay a lot of money for people to bring in their friends and, you know, different referrals that they have out there um, to work for us because these people stick around. And, and it also creates a great culture because they've worked together before or they know that they're going to be like-minded in their um, way in which they go to work every day. Gotcha. Now, what traits do you guys look for in an individual to help you determine whether or not somebody's the right player for an organization? Sure. Yeah, I, you know, there's... Three traits we always inherently look for in every single human being we're hiring. That is humility, genuine curiosity, and then, of course, the third one we are always looking for is their ability to communicate and have intuition when doing it. I mean, I can't tell you enough how, you know, people need to be able to pivot in life in the middle of a conversation, whether it's in sales or engineering, and be able to go with the conversation and make sure that they're great listeners. And so having intuition is just critical. Absolutely. So the the three takeaways here are, again, what were those three things that you just said? Great intuition alongside of communication skills. Sure. What we call great um, just having humility, being able to, you know, let people have fun with you, poke fun at each other. Just really, you know, I think it allows people to kind of dig deeper into each other's skill sets and personality styles and just enjoy each other's company in the business because business is our third home. I mean, you know, we're either at our, our houses doing our day-to-day stuff with our families or we're in the business or we're typically at a Starbucks, I guess you could say. But that third home, you want to make it a place where people want to come and enjoy themselves. So humility is a big one. Humbleness is another one. And then I said the third one was curiosity. You know, we yeah. just like people who are curious and want to listen and hear what the other person has to say. So it's more of an intellectual curiosity then. Correct. Correct. All right. Excellent. So we're almost out of time for today's show. Uh, Sean, thanks again for your time investment, and uh, welcome to the Higher Power Radio community. Um, Now, if somebody's interested in managed solution, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. It's actually managed solution singular, no S at the end. I haven't got that website yet, .com, or um, we're just uh, 800 number away, but managedsolution.com is the easiest way, and we're always happy to help. Absolutely. And um, and if somebody would like to reach you, is there a way to reach you as well? Sure. My um, email is sferrell, S-E-R-R-E-L, at managesolution.com. 
And again, if you just dial in, we have an actual phone system that talks to you. You can just say my name and it'll bring you right to me. Excellent. Okay. So, um, Thank you to our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick shout-out to our team. We have our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Haley Stern, Shanti Ryle. To listen to this show and any past episodes, you can check us out on higherpowerradio.com or follow me on Twitter, Facebook, at underscore Rick Gerard. Uh, for the latest insights in the show, uh, higherpowerradio.com. Tune in next week as our guest will be John Crittenden, wealth, digital wealth platform specialist and founder of Mondiggy. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio. 